0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: We just have a good rhythm together, you know. He sort of feels me out. I feel him out. And uh, we go for it. Hello Hello. and and welcome to...
0: You like that? (laughs) Episode 46 of this fourth season of The Worst Idea of All Time. I am Tim Batt. And I am Guy Montgomery. Episode 46
1: means that Tim and I have both just watched Sex in the City, the movie, the movie, for the 46th time. For you, Tim, Mm. an early start.
0: A very early start. I won't lie to you, Guy. This was a two-bite-at-the-Apple situation, and I tried so hard off the back of feedback from you last episode to focus on drilling down, um, bringing some respect to the game, bringing some discipline to this craft, and just really entering into the screen. So it was a full, immersive headphone-on experience. Um, I tried to remove every other bit of stimulus uh around me so i was watching in pitch blackness on my cell phone just that's rammed up to my face and i watched that's... 45 minutes last night i tried to go as long as i could and my eyes were just getting ever so heavy so i had to fall asleep and then i picked it back up at six thirty a.m uh so pretty still a pretty serious undertaking yes
1: i i couldn't help but notice and this is only because i had communicated with you <laughs> yeah uh that after telling me that you were gonna be engaged in uh i'm gonna I'm gonna read the actual uh, response out because yep. the language was quite quite serious, you said yes, uh, okay, don't text me now because I'm attempting a very focused watch of the movie, yeah and uh then I would say about forty minutes from then while the movie <laughs> yes. was definitely still going <laughs> uh, at the top of my Twitter feed, what should I see but yeah Tim Bat just absolutely. <laughs> Uh, launching an an assault on the hardworking people at Apple.
0: Uh, I, I take no issue with the employees. It's the it's the top brass. Um, yeah, but no, well, you did got- right. It broke the spell. You <laughs> sent you sent me a message and it broke the spell. And then I was like, ah, oh, fuck, damn it. I got I got pretty far in though. I'd say like over three quarters. I think about eighty percent done. It's impressive. The spell was I, I mean, it was fucking uh, hell, man.
1: I'm in no position to, to cast judgment, Tim. I was ill disciplined. Uh I would I would go so far as to say naughty, if I'm being completely honest. I think I was a little bit naughty. And uh I'm gonna I'm gonna take it very seriously next week, but I, I, I'm impressed that you did three quarters. Mm. Uh I did think it was funny that you told me that you were concentrating very hard and you all caps very and then
0: uh <laughs> You you went out there and you just, just had to share some opinions about what's going on in the world of tech. I did, I did mean it, you know. Like I was really trying to just focus in, just get yeah, in there, yeah, yeah. you know. And I, it's right for you to call me out on it. That's uh, that's correct. It's the truth. It's the truth of the matter, and the truth trumps everything. But, uh, um, but no, you know, got pretty far.
1: Yeah, I respect that. And I will, I'll endeavor to do the same. Uh, I actually got my times wrong. I finished an hour or like 45 minutes earlier than I thought we would. Oh, um, shit.
0: Because you warned me. Do you know what? Because you sent me a message saying, hey, man, I'm going to be about 15 minutes late. Sorry. And that's when I kind of like started to take my foot off the gas because I had everything timed pretty tightly as well. Oh. So I like, fucking zone in. I'll be able to crash course into the shower, throw some clothes on and get in the studio. But when you gave me that leeway, I was like, Okay, cool. I'll, I'll, um, cause I was at the point, guy, where I was like pausing the movie to reply to people. <laughs> it was, it was oh, not, that... it, it was not happening like concurrently. I was like, pause, go to Twitter, come back. So I added quite a bit of time. Okay, well, I, I, uh, that's great, you
1: know, and, and, uh, I'm glad to hear that you've taken my advice on board. I, I didn't follow it myself, but what about this? What if you and I, uh, record, you know, we pledge allegiance, to the gals of the United States of America, and we yep. go old school. Yes. I'm talking 2014, 15. Yeah, it's an honor system. But yep. what I'm talking about is uh, committed screening. Absolutely, I'm talking oh, about do it. Uh, mano a. What's mano e mano? Yeah, is that <laughs> yeah. man on man? Yeah, I think so. So what would be man on multiple woman? <laughs>
0: um well i don't even know what language mano is is it like latin or italian Uh, i think it's latin or maybe spanish maybe i don't think it's spanish i thought i knew the words for for man in spanish i know here we go (laughs) it's spanish for hand to hand oh hand to hand fucking there you go there you go okay well we are going hand to hand with the gals that's not gender specific um here would be my ideal situation i would want to put myself in a float tank and just like glue the screen to the ceiling of that so i have absolutely no stimulus but maybe i should fucking do that although i don't know how you would do sound because if you wore headphones i think it'd short circuit in the water Yeah, I
1: I notice a very subtle ploy to get out of watching Sex in the City ever again for the rest of your life there, Tim.
0: Electrocution. Uh,
1: Yeah, electrics in the float tank. Uh, I'm excited that you're committed. I'm committed too. It feels good in the moment because I'm atoning for a a misdeed, but I I know as soon as uh, business time rolls around, I'm going to hate myself for for going on the record with all of this, but I like that.
0: Um, Again, I got pretty close. I got pretty close this time, but I did fuck out flamed out (laughs) um the best best,
1: they're all disciplined tim they all show levels of discipline and this is you know this is what what took us to the top was we were some hard-working and disciplined boys and we're really sagging off aren't we
0: i know i know and if you look at the ratings it shows well i came into (laughs) this uh, people can tell yeah they can they can sniff it out um I came into this watch with a lot of pep and verve, because I was fucking recharged from being in Christchurch. Shout out to Christchurch. Spent the long weekend there. It's fucking lovely. Christchurch is, is all happening. It's your hometown, guy. Yeah, yeah. It's uh,
1: it's where I spent my formative years. Um, well, I'm happy to hear that you were so inspired by the Garden City.
0: To it's looking watch- great. I'm just saying it's looking great. I was, I was hanging around in the CBD, and things are really fucking popping off, I- so... Go spend I'm your growing, bucks there,
1: everyone. I'm growing suspicious of this. You did a big Instagram... I've been all over your social media. You did a big mm. Instagram post encouraging people to go and visit the Christchurch CBD and spend a lot of money. Yeah, man. And now I start trying to talk to you ostensibly about sex in the city. Yeah. And you tell me and anyone listening, one mm. one person who's got a bit of cash throw around, to be fair, mm. the same thing. Head on down to Christchurch and spend your hard-earned.
0: Yeah. Well, and... and, Have you been, and for a libertarian paid? listener, you know, tax isn't going to solve anyone's problems. What is going to solve it is the market. So I need to direct the market flow into Autotahi, <laughs> which is the um, the original name for Christchurch. Uh,
1: okay. Well, I'm I'm glad that it inspired you. I uh, I'm back in New York, and you'd think that would inspire me to spend uh, some. Some concentrated and focused time and energy on on the ladies, but I uh, could not give two hoots what they were doing. I did give two hoots about and uh, read the mm. essay Manolo blanix and Monogamy: Sex in the City's Standard Societal Scripts" written by Michaela. Uh, oh God, she, she sent the pronunciation of the surname, and I um, I believe Should I myself. Find,
0: oh, I can track it down while you give me some uh, some notes on it, eh?
1: Well, can I just say it was so refreshing to experience uh, a fresh set of critical and, I'd like to say this, concentrated eyes on Sex and the City. This is a real uh, focused affront on on the movie.
0: I Uh, should think so. It's an academic
1: text. Yeah, it is. And (laughs) I I feel like that might be part of what's been missing from my life. Uh, Academia it just it was just so clearly late. it was like, hey, this movie is bad and here are like inarguable reasons why. Is it and, time for uh, Monty to head back to university? It might it might well be. Um it was just yeah, it was just nice to 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 see academic language used to articulate problems that I've been taking consciously and subconsciously with this movie for you know the better part of half a year now. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm just trying to find... There's a really good little uh, block of text here. Um, well, now about we're both Carrey's, searching for things.
0: this, this will no, 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 no. I've got question. mine. Mine's in front <laughs> of me. Okay. Uh, Carrie's
1: Childish Behaviour. Uh, which is... This convention is not all that surprising when attention is paid to the ways in which Carrie's continuously portrayed as being infantile and helpless, despite being the main character in a movie all about women. Jeez. And then she just lines up all the ways in which Carrie's treated like a child. Okay. Big repeatedly refers to her as kid, which can yep. be ignored as an affectionate way to refer to someone who is your junior, but becomes more alarming when referring to someone you view in a sexual context. There's one scene in which she is teasing him about writing his vows and sits on his lap, where he begins lifting her off of his knee, saying, up, 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 the way one would to a small child. Beyond her romantic life, Carrie exhibits other childlike behaviours. She's spoon-fed in Mexico, throws her phone into the ocean in a tantrum-like fashion in order to avoid dealing with her messages, and is looked after by her maternal assistant, Louise. The infantilism of woman is nothing new, but it was disappointing to see in a movie where women are at the forefront, driving the plot. There's a very uh, clear and articulate sort of deconstruction of the storylines pertaining to Miranda, Charlotte, and Carrie, and then there's this sort of
0: hey, uh, reasonably actually, substantial... Yeah. Can, sorry, just while we're on this bit about the infantilization of women, can we throw down with something that... Uh, I'm just going to insert a thought that occurred to me this watch, which I, I haven't had in a previous watch. And also, it's kind of interesting that it hasn't come up with any of the guests yet. But um, the, it is just taken as read during the scene uh, in Mexico when Samantha is giving Miranda heaps about having a bit of bush that um that having bush is bad it's just taken yeah. as an absolute given like there's not like no character represent. not even miranda herself represents any kind of um alternative to this this apparent truism that uh a close to bald vagina is the only way to go and um, my man that sucks <coughs> my man can i say this
1: not yeah. my words This idea is stated more blatantly when the girls are in Mexico, Miranda's sporting a bathing suit along with a healthy amount of pubic hair. Samantha is horrified, mocking her and even insisting that she'll make her an appointment at the spa without bothering to ask if she wants one. Miranda tries to say that when you're married, your priorities shift, but Samantha's quick to compare her fluffy bikini line to the smooth one of golden girl Charlotte. You'll have to accept that Charlotte's sort of been laid out as having this ideal life... earlier in the essay, Miranda's furious and accuses them of saying she deserved what she got for letting the sex go out of her marriage, and she storms off, ignored and unfollowed by any of her friends. The importance of her pubic hair to her friends is concerning because what one chooses to do with one's own body hair is nobody else's business, and there's an assumption that the presence of pubic hair means, it, uh, means that sex is an, is an impossibility due to societal sexual conventions. The same, very, the same very point.
0: I threw two hands in the air when you started that, and victory. That's so good. Fuck, I am here for this. You saying, I'm going to print it out and read it over a coffee. I'm going to go for a walk and read the... This this is so nourishing for a film that we've seen so many times. I absolutely know what you're talking about now. It must be so satisfying. It's like oh, reading about a hobby that you have, but this hobby's been thrust on us. <laughs> yeah. Some, this is, someone it, really getting into the weeds of it.
1: Do you know, it's the same thing I do with sports. When I watch a sports game, I can't wait to read all of the articles that are discussing said sports game. It's the same for people with movies, I suppose, but it's hard yeah. to dig up relevant and, uh, you know, academically critical texts of the Sex in the City film, especially this late in the piece. So it is a, a genuine joy, and I think you're going to get a real kick out of it. So thank you so much to M- Michaela. I'm uh, still too terrified to. To get your last name, <laughs> throw wrong. some
0: letters in the air, guy. What are we dealing with? Is it just a lot well, of consonants? Well, it almost or what?
1: rhymes. M- Michaela Madraga is what I've got. Madraga. M
0: A D R A G A, and I would grade yeah, okay. that essay a plus. Fantastic! Thank you so much for um, for writing it and sending it. Fuck, that's good. I want to read that. Yeah, I've I've um, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, but I've I've um, I've always had a weird little niggling thing in the back of my head about um, our insistence on uh, women shaving, particularly the armpits. Because I think, mm. what is that about? Is, is that purely an well, infantilization thing? Yeah, it's it's hard to
1: say. I don't think everyone's quite as committed as to making sure women shave their armpits as you, Tim.
0: <laughs> and, uh, I insist on important. it, you know this about me.
1: Yeah, it's important to me that we bear that in mind. <laughs> But I'm I'm glad to hear that you're open to changing your, um...
0: <laughs> not changing, critiquing, guy. There's a difference. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. my viewpoint on this will not be budged, but I will look at it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I respect
0: that. Somehow,
1: even more, <laughs> <laughs> that you are aware that you know this could look could come under fire, and you stand behind it while open, open-mindedly, sort of yelling about it.
0: I feel like I'm being villainized, and I've taken a lot of notes to get us off this path. So, um. They are. Here's my first note that I've written down from from today's watch slash last night's watch. They are such dicks to the guy who greets them at the resort in Mexico. He is unbelievable. He's so good too. He totally h- hits the mark in terms of being like cheery, upbeat, welcoming, and friendly without being t- too much. You know, like he's he's got his body position just right. He's got his uh, proximity to where they are just right. He's got two drinks there. He, he's not all up in your grill. He's, he's fantastic. He's doing a truly A-plus job, like Michaela did. <coughs> and yeah. the girls are such fucking bitches to him. And there's four of them. And it's kind of like, well, if one of the party are a little terse, um, a little short with someone, you usually rely on some other members of the pack to, to pick up the politeness slack. But no one does. The closest he gets to a respite from the rudeness is Samantha just being all quippy and confusing with him. When he quite rightly says, uh, I'm sorry, I'm a little confused. I was expecting Mr. and Mrs. Preston. And then she says, oh, uh, honey, you'll be waiting a long time. And then taps him twice, very condescending, condescending manner on the shoulder and says, we'll talk. And he grabs a cocktail and heads inside. Just tell him now, Samantha.
1: I think I have brought this up before because it—I it, mean—it leads immediately to you know some some fallout that they then are sort of like, "Hey, you got to get on top of this honeymoon stuff." That yeah. they have—he's—he's he's rightfully prepared the honeymoon suite <laughs> for yeah. for the honeymooners. Yeah, which and then, was booked yeah, under under the under the honeymoon couple, couple's name. No, I, I totally agree. Um, so let's let's I continue going on that. Sorry. Go well, ahead, no, go. I. Well, what what does Charlotte do? Does because Carrie sort of blows by? She's given a pass by everyone because yeah. uh, she's moping that she got jilted. Uh, I know that Miranda says, "Have you got Wi Fi?" And she yeah. says,
0: "Yes," and she just blows right past him. She and can't wait she, to get on the Wi Fi. She even says it rudely. It's a rude thing to say, and she even says it rudely.
1: I know. But it's, it's meant to insinuate that she's a, she's a working woman. You know, it was, she's already expressed doubts about going on this trip because of her responsibilities at the office. Uh, it's rude, undeniably, but they sort of qualify her rudeness. I mean, the assumption from all of them is that this guy knows or cares that none of their lives are going exactly as they want right now, which is, uh, I imagine hotel staff, especially at nicer places, would have to deal with this sort of you know, rudeness and insolence all the time.
0: That's uh, no kind I of pass, though. If anything, that's oh, even more reason to be nice to them, eh?
1: Yeah, it, it takes no effort. It costs you nothing. It costs you nothing. But what, is sh-
0: what does yeah. Charlotte do? Charlotte, um, I think, just kind of rolls past them. I mean, she's a confirmed racist who hates Mexicans anyway. We know this about her. That's why she keeps <laughs> shitting herself being addicted to pudding pops the entire film. Yeah. So, so, in, uh, so in some she, ways, yeah, you know.
1: She is, it, she is racist, but she has the good grace to be... To internalise
0: all of her racism, yes, exactly, and take it out exactly. on her
1: own digestive system <laughs> in the form of unrelenting punishment.
0: Yeah, is it a is it a kindness too? If you are racist, keep your mouth shut. Is that some form of a kindness? Uh yeah, I'm glad you call that the question. It's almost
1: uh, an impossible question to answer because, in a way, it, it it is in that you are. You're bottling, you know, the worst of yourself, and, mm. and maybe working on it away from other people, maybe not. But in another sense, it's not because then, you know, she moves through society mm. uh, without and, restrictions because of her her dirty little secret, which is she, she cannot get enough of these goddamn chocolate puddings, <laughs> and she is not going to roll the dice on Mexican food at a five star resort um, in Mexico. Truly unforgivable guess, behavior some there's some it's not really justices but there is some i suppose that's why we're meant to feel some level of excitement that she uh shits herself
0: no because we're not supposed to interpret her as a racist i think we've managed to crack da vinci's code on this because of hide that from the boys because of the two films we've we've seen her um how she behaves in the middle east and now we've seen her in mexico so she's just a confirmed xenophobe all round. it's not a particular set of people it's just anyone who's not herself yeah so um to continue to continue this buzzfeed listicle in terms of all the uh, atrocious behavior they throw at um service members um the valentine's night Dinner where Miranda confesses to Carrie finally that she said something to Big, which crashes the entire wedding operation. That um, uh, the server who comes along, she is a fucking delight. She's so good, and uh, they're so rude to her. And the rudest they are is when she they're having a conversation. She comes back. She says, "Do you want another? um, Can I get you another bottle of wine?" And they interrupt in mid sentence, and both just bark, "Yes." No one says please. No one takes a please on the end. Nothing like if two people bark yes simultaneously, wouldn't your ears prick up? And be like, oh man, we came in pretty, pretty feisty there. I it's, think we'd better take the edge off of that.
1: It's it's the same. Uh, it's the same rudeness stemming from the same problem. You know that, that all of their treatment of service people are, which is their lives are the only ones that matter. They're the only ones with anyone interesting going, and so the fact that they're you know. Uh, airing their grievances to and with one another means that everyone else can shut the fuck up and get out of our way while we talk about our feelings because ours are the only feelings that matter.
0: How much just, of this is Mattress Pikelet King, scriptwriter extraordinaire, and how much of this is down to the actors portraying these gals? <coughs> uh, well, these are meant to be comedic beats.
1: All of them. Like, you know, or the synchronicity, of, the synchronicity of Carrie and Miranda saying, you know, ordering the wine uh, at the same time, so both mm. saying uh, bottle and yes, mm. is meant to be like, look at how close this friendship is. You know, look at how unbreakable this bond shared by these two women is, that they even, you know, they go up for a meal and they're so attuned to one another's habits that they order exactly the same thing in exactly the same rhythm. Mm. But uh, that's its... That's its you know the primary job of that particular bit of dialogue but yeah i mean truthfully it just outs them both as being you know it's the litmus test isn't it on it's like playing going out for a meal with someone and playing them at monopoly is what you're meant to do before
0: you decide whether or not you're going to spend a lifetime with them i have heard that before um people's treatment of of service staff is supposed to be a a big flag for how they are what was the other one monopoly you reckon Well,
1: yeah, Monopoly is just like a mirror revealing the ugliest version of anyone.
0: How are you at Monopoly, Guy? What's your approach?
1: Honestly, not invested enough. I don't think I've ever finished a game.
0: Does that bode well for you in a relationship or extremely poorly, do you think? I think it uh,
1: bodes poorly for our shared savings account, Mm. Uh, but it bodes well for um, me being bulldozed (laughs) <laughs> and agreeable
0: <laughs> oh oh god what do you think i i think it's a good sign actually <clears throat> i think we, you're taking you, it well there's look there's a few ways to take it but i think um the way i would interpret that for you is you're taking monopoly for what it is you know what i mean some people take monopoly for what it's not which is like real financial and real estate transactions are taking place and suddenly words are being exchanged and arguments are getting heated uh and you forget that what you're actually doing is um, spending quality time with your mates or loved ones yeah this happens in if does this happen in other games yeah i think monopoly's pretty um it's a it, it's it's probably the worst one you know yeah, well, because also you know, like you are
1: you are seeing loved ones and people who, uh, you might not want to experience their wrath or not even is it wrath, wrath, wrath. uh, but you, yeah, like no one's going to look particularly glamorous when they uh make you you know forfeit on, on all of your properties and take yeah. all of your money and kick you out of the game that you're playing together.
0: It's There's hard for anyone to do the, that gracefully. There's something about the technical and financial aspect of it, eh? That is just like, <laughs> it's hard to look good doing it. It's punish. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.
1: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has
0: professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me.
1: Uh um, um, but mm-hmm. no that that i i i mean i'm i'm right there with you and the 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 way that they're rude in mexico and the middle east is uh you know it shows that not only did the characters learn nothing but the people building the movie didn't learn nothing between the two that this behavior is abhorrent because it's like it's they're mirror images of one another horrible to watch they're, the treatment of stuff in "Sex in the City," the movie, the movie, and "Sex in the City" two, two sixty, two city. Let's
0: let's, let's um <clears throat> let's be fair to Mattress Pikelet King and look at ourselves though. I think there is a little bit of a cultural aspect to this because Kiwis are how do you say we're very we do, we don't like to bother anyone in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. To the point where we feel very awkward about people whose job it is doing things, like even performing that role. So, for you example, know, at the gas station, like if there's someone there to pump petrol, we, we would, you know, we would not be down with that because we're quite yeah, a, yeah. consider ourselves quite egalitarian. I think,
1: even though in in refusing to let someone pump your petrol, you are preventing them from performing their job. Exactly, I it's think. Obtuse. But I think. I think the um, well, I, I'm glad you brought this up because a, there's a pointed example I can think of, which is the way in which uh, we order food when we're out, and Americans do. whereby Americans are very, you know, they speak in imperatives. They say, "I'll take the uh, eggs," you know, and "I'll take the eggs and ham or whatever." Mm. But we will, we will say, we will frame it as though our request of the food that has been listed as available on the menu is going to yeah. put out. <laughs> the entire staff of the cafe absolutely. and we'll say uh oh, could um could i please like uh, could i have it's a it's a um it's a question yeah. dressed up in pleasantries and made to sound as though it's going to be
0: totally fine if that's not possible we will grovel we will absolutely grovel. and and god help us if it's actually available you know yeah Can, could i please get the eggs Benedict? um and swap (laughs) out the bacon for salmon it's like yeah that's fine it's like oh thank you so much it's like it's totally fine we do this um you know every minute of the morning on a saturday (laughs) thank you so much i cannot express to you in words what this means to me in my really means a lot
1: the truth lies somewhere in the middle i think
0: yeah the truth does well i think americans are closer to the truth because they're more efficient but i think through the kiwi lens we read it as rude but they're just like i'll get ham and eggs and m ms please and and the white stuff are like cool great done you know there's, there's no there's no you don't have to do the dance the new zealand dance it must cost uh, our economy so much money you know it's so um, there's, inefficient there's dance in here that's why everyone's so stressed Everyone's in America? so
1: stressed here. Yeah, in New York specifically, I think.
0: What's the dance You see in someone New
1: York? in New York who is like, you know, who looks like they're 90 and they'll be like 35. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just What's cries. that person's life, Guy? Who are you describing?
1: i was describing, you know, someone who, everyone's in a rush. I don't know what they're off to do, but whatever everyone's doing, it is the most important thing. Mm. And let's not forget the characters in this movie are a byproduct of this. But nothing that they're doing is particularly important. We don't even Um, know what Miranda's working on all the time. I was was going to say,
0: Miranda's job is arguably seems important. She's a high-powered lawyer. What kind of lawyer? What is she doing? Honestly, couldn't tell you. I'm guessing, though, based on the clues we get, it's commercial law. The worst of all laws. What is commercial law? It's like business law. (laughs) that's the extent of my knowledge you know you have like criminal law where people have fucked up broken the law and they're going to go to jail or something so you've got to either prosecute them or defend them and you've got property law where it's all about deeds and titles and bullshit and then you got commercial law where it's all like fucking mergers and i assume tax probably falls close to there
1: um I googled what kind of lawyer is Miranda Hobbs and the hmm. Wikipedia says, Miranda Hobbs is a career-minded lawyer. <laughs> 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 oh
0: man, that's fucking great. What kind of comedian are you? I'm actually, a, I'm a, I'm a jokes-first a career- comedian. I'm <laughs> yeah, a career-minded yeah. <laughs> comedian. Fuck man, that's epic. Uh, uh,
1: what is the alternative? Oh, to what? A career-minded lawyer um a sort of an indifferent
0: lawyer and uh ill-disciplined and uncommitted lawyer that's a cool concept i like that i like someone who's gotten into law which is usually seen as a pretty high stakes and high commitment area of vocation and just having a very laid-back attitude to it just dabbling. you're describing you're describing our our friend uh Yes, our friend. Yeah, that's true, actually. He is a picture a man... of a human as well. God, he's doing it right. <clears throat> Runs Yeah, a man constantly. who
1: so, was so indifferent to uh, One Lord Job that he wrote an anonymous letter of resignation <laughs> and uh, just <laughs> left it on his desk and uh, never went back. That's fucking cool an undated letter of resignation hey wait I mean, we definitely
0: <laughs> shouldn't say that I feel like we're torpedoing his potential career do you reckon people will put the pieces together if we just use the name <laughs>? hope not uh you could you could can you bleep the name god God help me I hope well god help me. I hope I remember to uh his name is
1: And he's currently looking for work in Christchurch, New Zealand. He has a child on the way. You've got to help him out. He Uh, he
0: works well by himself and in teams. I've got more notes. You want to hear him? Big time. Here's something I took issue with this watch guy. Carrie's narration being hyper-literal. When they're in Mexico, and it's before the pants-shitting scene or sequence... She says, uh, just for a moment, Charlotte forgot where she was and opened d- opened her mouth, is what she does say. That's what's actually in the film. You know what she should say? She should say, Charlotte forgot where she was and opened up to Mexico. Because it's like, a, at least a little touch of metaphor. We're seeing that she opens her mouth. We get that side of it. Maybe, like, broaden out what you're saying. Because also, the narration is supposed to be a reflection of what's written in the book by Carrie, an author. And she's just describing exactly what's happening. There's no poetry. There's no art to the words used. She's just literally describing the scene that we're watching unfold. It's a dangerous game, that voiceover, because if you think about Carrie's
1: voiceover specifically too hard, it's very difficult. You know, beyond serving a narrative purpose, it's hard to know... uh, how it what actually it fits in to the yeah. world of the show yeah because it's it's a bad book they're bad like they are purely narrative tent poles or like checkpoints you know where she will uh reflect on something that's happened or you know just describe her mood it it completely contravenes you know rule number 1 of big money making hollywood which is uh, show don't tell it's not big money hollywood it's just storytelling but uh I'm right there with you, man. It's. I'm gonna. Do you know what I'm gonna do mm-hmm. on my concentrated mano and e mano screening of Sex in the City? I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, write down all of her voiceovers, and I'm gonna Great. parrot them back to you.
0: Great. I've do given that.
1: myself an assignment.
0: It's so, and it also it doesn't make any sense from like multiple points of view. Number one, like you say, terrible book because I think in the TV series they, they're quite like quippy and. Um, artful at least the, the narrations so it makes sense that they're being written for her column but in this it's just straight information the audience needs to receive for uh for storytelling man what is going on there that's like the third ambulance or a cop car I've heard uh, big city life yeah it's just big
1: city life man uh, it's that, but, I'll tell you what that is my friend yeah that's the corner of Bushwick Avenue and Grove Street ah And while we're all here, actually, I do have uh, Tim Batt's credit card information. Oh, okay. So (laughs) uh, the number is 4...
0: Could we not? I don't know if I'm going to remember to bleep this out.
1: Hmm.
0: The expiry date is... and.
1: This seems accurate actually. I'm not The full not into name this. on the card is Timothy Bat and the C V C that's the security card on the back of it. Mm. Uh is
0: I'm gonna dock your pay um for me, for me having to <laughs> do extra editing on this one. This is bullshit.
1: Uh well, do you know that is I mean that
0: information is all one hundred percent accurate. Oh man, um, it's terrifying. It really is. Got a Uh, big old limit on that card. Hey, stay on track, Monty. The roles have been flipped. What kind of judo are you pulling here? Oh, look, I'm just
1: trying to have some fun with my friend. While I was watching the movie, I was like, I hate this, but I'm looking forward to talking to Tim, which is nice. You know what's fun? Jokes
0: among pals. You know what's not generally considered fun? Reading someone's credit card (laughs) aloud with a big stonking (laughs) limit on it on a podcast broadcast to (laughs) tens of thousands the world over uh uh
1: not fun you say funny oh it's Maybe fun a little. it is fun i'll give you fun <laughs> yeah it is, <laughs> it is a bit of fun i did it once with my own credit card details so how'd it go it, i don't know i think people told us that i'd done it i was ordering a pizza off off mic
0: oh no 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 what people said was um they I don't think anyone actually cracked it. They were They were sort of, they were going like, <laughs> I reckon if you did the yards, you might be able to extract Monty's card details from this. Was it, I think it was a live stream, which is even worse, because there's no bleep in that. It's just going out. It's out there. Well,
1: shout out to anyone who's eating pizza on us. Guy, which, imagine... It's time yeah. for a, a oh. word from our sponsors. Blaze oh, yeah. Pizza. They've Have they paid
0: us? The carry-verse uh blaze pizza have not paid us blaze pizza continue their um empire building romp through the united states installing new locations everywhere on a foundation of advertising and promotion provided by the frosty fellas where's the check where is the check
1: yeah uh god knows it's probably in the pocket of some other snide young podcasters who are You know, now we know what it feels like to be the forebears of hard work as we watch uh the next generation turn their backs on on the ground that we tilled for them to uh plant podcasts as they prosper. Fuck. My metaphors are off, man. Now I feel feel this episode. Doesn't it
0: feel shit to be um both in our thirties now and you do you look at um new comedians coming up and you're like Fuck (laughs) I'm not I'm not the eyes are off me now. No one gives a shit. I'm not uh, good enough to be famous and I'm I, not young enough to be up and coming.
1: I'm not young enough to be interesting. I have thought about that and I have uh I've 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 altered my thinking, but I've certainly, you know I have grappled with the fact that I'm no longer up and coming, nor am I a star and the challenges contained therein. But it's a long career. There's a Simon Munnery once said it's not a um it's not a race; it's a dance. You just what keep fuck doing. What does that mean? It just means you, there's no value in looking at these other young comedians and worrying about what they're doing. Oh, I just see. Keep dancing, baby.
0: Yeah, that's true. I like that. It's <clears throat> a good philosophy. Um, guy, imagine being so rich that when your massive fuck off wedding falls apart, and you've been kicked out of your presumably multi million dollar penthouse apartment. Your go-to is a trip to Mexico and hiring an employee. That's how you deal with the situation. Wait, not
1: just a trip to Mexico and hiring a new employee. A trip to Mexico from which you just buy back the old apartment you sold at an escalated price. (laughs) Yeah, man. And then you return to New York City and you think, ah, moving's a nightmare. I'm just going to hire someone from my own imagination yeah. take care of this.
0: God knows where that money wound up. It's so funny. I reckon she's writing paychecks and just throwing them into a rubbish bin or something. (laughs) Something weird. Posting them to her own house and just so she can get mail. Very strange behaviour. Actually,
1: uh, St. Louis did provide my shining light moment this week though. Gone. Uh, It was... Well... It was a classic sort of cheeky shining light where I was just looking out for something to to latch onto. But when she says uh, she's telling Carrie where the stamps and mailing labels are mm. uh, in her house as she's sort of retiring from her post, uh, I think what she needs to pay attention to is the fact that Carrie's already retired from the post. And uh, <laughs> no one cares about the stamps and mailing labels. We haven't seen Carrie dealing with any mail. The only time we see a near-mail... Is when St. Louise is fucking combing through it for her. Why is this the information that's chosen to be shared?
0: Sorry, can you say the first bit of that again? What's, I, I what?
1: Try, I tried to, I tried to do a, a cool turn of phrase on the fly. So, uh, you know, when someone leaves their job, you can say they're retiring from their post. Yes. And so I was saying, Carrie's already retired from her
0: post. Okay. Okay. That she, okay. She okay. I was she like, "Have like I, What have I missed here?" It's like I've tuned out for thirty seconds and I've missed some key connective tissue to the conversation. But I swear I was listening the whole time. <laughs> when I was talking, I could see this turn of
1: phrase, you know, up in lights in front of me as I was walking my way to the next sentence, and I was like, "Oh, should I grab that or should I leave it?" And I was like, "Go for it, <laughs> run wild." <laughs> <laughs> and as I was saying it I was so loaded with regret the
0: hubris uh, Yeah I'm glad that you didn't understand it No nah, uh, I regret that your your gumption hasn't been rewarded man I'm sorry That was real bravery you showed there and I'm I'm I really feel like I haven't done you It's any one of any my kind of favorite feelings or
1: not favorite feelings but it's a, a feeling I remember so vividly just especially uh, <laughs> Both sides of it. When you're younger and you think of something funny to say and then, you know, in a group conversation you don't say it and then, you know, the conversation moves past and you're like, God damn it, I wish I'd said that. That would have been fucking great. And the much grimmer alternative, where you think of something funny to say and you throw it out into the world, and the world just says, "Fuck you, that's not funny." And anyone who tries to be funny unsuccessfully is an enemy of the state that must be punished.
0: <laughs> I've heard you talk about this several times. Yeah, this was like a real big thing for you, huh? This was this was kind of like your big. Um, Wasn't to say your big fear really, like growing up that you'd you'd throw an offer out there and it would be met with. Uh, no kind of appreciation
1: uh, I think it was just when I was building the self-confidence to to lob those funny suggestions out out in front of me uh, I just remember those times so vividly because as soon as I started doing it and people would laugh that was like fucking Cocoa Pops you know that was the shit that I was like whoa give me more
0: Cocoa Pops I like that <clears throat> Um, hey guy yeah I've been talking for a while, but can I? Because um, I just write down a note for this. I want to get because I'm a completionist. I want to get to the end of my notes. Yeah. Just wanted to spend a, a quick hot minute talking about the tech of Sex in the City, the movie, the movie. It's pretty oh wild. God. This movie is. Um, is it eleven years old now? Is it 2008? This first one. Yeah, yeah, it's eleven. We've got a, multiple landlines. And there's even a corded phone at Carrie's house. Do you fucking remember corded telephones? Uh, yes. But they seem like they such were, an
1: iniquity now. Uh, well, even even in you know even in in my childhood they weren't. You know, we had we'd have we'd have two two or three phones in the house, say, and one of them would be corded. Mm. It would be in a weird corner. It is very dated, but I feel like Carrie uses it throughout the series because, you know... Right. She's got it's a very long... May, or maybe I'm imagining this and, and uh, I'm you know, getting confused, but I, I'm imagining really long cords and her walking through multiple rooms in her
0: house on the phone with a oh, very long yeah. cord. Is that in the second movie or something? Because I totally have a picture of that in my head too, but it's not in this one. I don't know. It must but, be in the uh, What one. other
1: technology caught your attention? Have I told you? I'm sure I have. I'm going to tell you again. Uh, this film was the first time that an iPhone was seen yeah. on screen. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, the thing that really caught my attention was actually St. Louise's phone, which is one of those, fuck, they need to bring them back. Because we're all so used to phones being exactly the same now, which is just like that stock standard kind of flat chocolate bar, just everything's a touchscreen. But she's got a flip, um, like a flip up text phone that's got a physical keyboard on it. They were the yeah. shit, man. You'd rotate it 90 degrees so you hold it in landscape mode, and then you you push the screen up to reveal a keyboard underneath it. Fucking wild stuff, man. There are a lot of interesting form factors coming out at that point in time in mobile phones. We've said goodbye to all of them. You can see the thinking behind it, but, the
1: you know, your fingers and thumbs would have to be so pointy at the very end to use that
0: phone swiftly. I so miss physical keys. To, to like, I even missed the the key number pad. You know, like the the one through nine with a zero at the bottom yeah. to text because you could do it. You know, for us, we were in school. You could do it blindly, and kids can't do that anymore. You got to look at your phone. But we got, I got real good at texting by feel, tactily, tactily. We'll go with that. Um, just uh, on the buttons there. Yeah,
1: I I mean. <laughs> you sound like you're ninety. It's a shame that doesn't exist anymore because uh, I tell you, I I got pretty good at it there for a bit. I got real good at it,
0: real fucking. <laughs> to be fair,
1: my sister and I used to have races. We'd we'd both race to uh, on the same phone. We had the same model. We'd race to send a text to our dad that said, "The quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog."
0: That's cool. <laughs> yeah, we were a really. It was cool a big family. thing. That, I remember that being a big thing, though. Like, there were a lot of world records at the time of who was the fastest texter and stuff like that. Like, that was a... That's gone away. Good, actually. Because, fuck, that was t- really destroying thumbs out there.
1: Uh, Tim, do you wanna, Have you gotten through all your notes? I just realized the time. Done. I, I you're, you're done. Done. You, you haven't talked about
0: your shining light, which you did send through <coughs> to me. My shining light is a guy who's in the restaurant on valentine's day night and he's just he's fucking having a good time um and i think he's providing an excellent experience for his dining partner he, he looks really jovial like he's giving and receiving in the conversation and i'm i'm here for him i'm all about him
1: yeah it is uh i'm looking at the image now and he's got a big stupid fucking grin on his face he's a good guy and you gotta respect that uh to everyone wait I say what's your this. shining light I did it. It was Saint Louise saying stamps and mailing labels. You were so distracted. Ah.
0: Oh. oh yeah, I did get distracted. I didn't realise that was in the in the casing. That's the why I
1: was grateful for the distraction and the failure <laughs> of my turn of phrase because my shining light was piss weak and you didn't okay. latch onto it.
0: Sweet. Almost got away um, with it
1: too. If it wasn't for you meddling listeners, Tim Yes. I say this. Mm. Uh, If you're listening along in America, please come along to one of our live shows in New York City on uh, Sunday the the 23rd of June. Chicago at Sleeping Village on uh, Monday, June 24. Portland at the Clinton Street Theatre on Wednesday, June 26th, Or uh, Los Angeles at the Dynasty Typewriter on Friday the 28th of June. All dates and tickets available at littleempirepodcasts.com. I only watch Sex in the City and talk about it now to get to the very end of the podcast where I get to do my one true passion.
0: Self-promotion. Thanks, Guy. Thanks for watching the movie. Thanks for joining me. And uh, tune in next episode where we will be going mano a mano with the girls and exploring the narration of Carrie Bradshaw. Goodbye, everyone.
1: We just have a good rhythm together. He sort of feels me out. I feel him out. And
0: uh, we go for it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus...